Tiger Revenge, brought to you by Warning, you are now entering the Blue Tiger 10, the intellectual dark web of comic book podcasting. Revenge is upon you. Hit the music. And if you're listening to my voice, that's right. You know what time it is, Revenge Crew. That's right. You're back for another episode of your favorite buddy cop movie. <laughs> your favorite, favorite duo like Kong and Godzilla or or Rocky and Apollo. Starsky or, and Hutch. Starsky and Hutch or Chips. I can't even remember those Jackie guys. Chan and Chris Tucker. Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker. Yeah. Jackie Chan and Chris Tucker. That's right. Welcome. Statham and Stallone. Statham and Stallone. There it is. Statham and Stallone of Comic Book Podcast. That's right. Another episode of Blue Tiger Revenge. I am your guider, your shepherd, into your gateway to the world of comic book creators comic book creator himself tad galusha and with me is the heart and soul your favorite dad your favorite sitcom dad that's right yes you know he's making funny expressions with his hands on his hips and he's just going ah not me again oh no (laughs) (laughs) that's right the heart and soul big brian bales how's it going big brian it's going good, man. It's going good. Uh, I've been uh, been watching a lot of uh, kitchen nightmares. They they brought kitchen nightmares back in 2023. So in order for like when people are mean to me, I watch kitchen nightmares so I can watch Gordon Ramsay be mean to other people. But here's the thing. He's gone soft. Yeah. He's gone soft in 2023, man. He's not he's not the same Gordon Ramsay that calls people an idiot sandwich. He's gotten soft. Well, you know what that he's is. more caring. Like the, he's richer. Yeah. Yeah. It's like that. What's that saying? Uh, you know, you can't, uh, if you're a fighter, you can't uh, wake up and want to fight sleeping on silk sheets. That's right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. You know, as much as I enjoy kitchen nightmares, I worked for a chef who idolized the shit out of Gordon Ramsay when he was fresh on the scene, like Ooh. circa like 2000, what that would have been 2007, yeah. 2008. Oh buddy. Meanest human being I've ever experienced. I bet. Yeah. She broke my balls. Even when I was doing, you know, great. Even like we could have had a good day. I got orders out. I did things that I shouldn't have been able to do with my limited knowledge. And didn't matter. Didn't matter. I was still. You were still stupid. Piece. Yeah. Stupid. No, a stupid piece of shit. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. 
So, hey, you know, what, what are you going to do? But uh, screw that stuff. Yeah. I know I know what you want to dig into here. You no. Know, yeah. I mean, we got a guest. That, and this is a guy that I've known for quite a while now. I've just, you know, it's weird. I've never actually met him or spoke with him in person. Oh. So uh, just, you know, worked on similar projects yeah, and things yeah. like that. But anyways, uh, before we get to that, dude, Godzilla minus one. Oh, my God. Oh. It's the best Godzilla movie ever made. And 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 coming from you, that means a lot more than coming from me because my Godzilla knowledge is very limited. You know? I thought you were going to say my track record is questionable. Well, that too. <laughs> we all, anyone who listens to this show knows that my track record with movies is questionable. I like, sure. listen, I like dog shit movies, okay? I do. I'm okay with it. But you're you're the guy that was jumping on Twitter today, going, "Dude, the trailer for Co- King Kong Godzilla just dropped. Probably the greatest movie of all okay. time." Okay, I'm pretty sure I told you that it looked <laughs> dumb. <laughs> yeah, I know, man. I saw so many people being like, "I can't believe how good the trailer is," and I'm sitting here going, "Really? Well, okay. This explains a lot about just America in general." Yeah. Meanwhile, for what less than ten mil. Uh, it was 15, 15, yeah. Well, 15 mil, they put out uh, a movie that just beats the shit out of any blockbuster film that's yep. come out in the last it was, four years. It was like, it, it was it was funny because I, you know, I took, uh, I took Max to go see it with me. Uh, actually, yeah. all three of us, all three of us saw it and uh, um, he, he really liked it, but he was, he was like, you know, they're, they're not. Godzilla's not the good guy in this movie. And so I had to like be like, well, yeah, man, in, in Japan, he's not it, he doesn't team history. up with he doesn't team up with with King Kong to to beat up the bad guy. He is the bad guy. Like Yeah, yeah like historically, Godzilla's not a good dude. <laughs> kind of kind of a shit bag. Uh but yeah. I I thought it was just a beautiful, beautiful story of like and it had monster it had godzilla being a being a fucking menace it had just this beautiful story of redemption forgiveness um it was well it, it also tracked historically yeah yep. with not only just the the what would it, it was like living in japan post-war yeah um, the PTSD, all of the 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 trauma that a lot of these uh you know Japanese soldiers uh, were feeling because they lost the war yeah. and they didn't want to sacrifice their lives. Yeah, that brought because, an interesting element to it where, like, he's a failed kamikaze pilot. That was... And people, people shit on him. Yeah. Even though you look at it and it's like, especially if, from the American perspective, you can look at it and be like, well, we already know, like, it was a losing war for you guys from day one. Like, yeah. you know, like, but it, it was just really interesting that like culturally how they would be perceived, especially, you know, how you'd be perceived. And, you know, it's just, it brought these elements that you typically just don't ever get to see. Mm-hmm. I, was not, I don't want to say in Godzilla movies, but just in film in general. Yeah. And then it actually, Oh my God. Like there was like a human element where, uh, you actually got emotional Yes. For not only like, I don't want to give too much away, but yeah. like the child and the main character that were in yeah. it. It was just it was so well done. It just shows that you can make a spectacular film with story and layers. And 
just excitement and have it all also make sense. Yep. It's not just ridiculous yep. multiverse it, shit. It, <laughs> and, and it was it was a great I, I just thought it had just the perfect element of monster and a great human story, which is something yeah. that the uh, American Godzilla movies have not done. I mean, if I'm being honest, none of the real Godzilla movies since the very first one, sure. in, what was that? 54, 53. Yeah. yeah. Uh, have done like they've, I mean, they try, there was a few in the nineties that were fun, but they're, yeah. they're movies that like you were saying, like Max would probably enjoy because they're more like superhero films. Right. You know, um, but they're still, they just, it's not, it's not even comparable. It's no. just not comparable. To no, I don't think so either. Yeah. I, I, um, I hadn't been to the theater in like what, two years. It's been a while for and, me too. And, uh, it was, uh, it was, it was, it was great. I'm so glad that we picked this film to go to the, yeah, to we the saw it on the, have you seen, have you seen the screen, the screen X, the regal X screens where it like. It's got the screen and then it projects it on the walls as well. So it's kind of like all encompass all encompassing. We did what was it? I think RPX. Yeah, it yeah, was yeah. like a it was a ten dollar matinee. Yeah. Um and uh you know, it was like going to a, a smaller version of the IMAX, which yeah. it, but it was it was I was glad that we spent the extra dollar yeah. doing that instead of going to the standard because it just it just the, it made the moments a little bit bigger. Yeah. Spe- especially like so, yeah, so this like the side the side view of the movie it projected onto the walls, so it like fully encompassed you in the screen. So it was oh, pretty. Yeah, no, it was I've pretty neat. It was a neat. I've never I've never done that before, and I I thought it was a good movie to do that. I, I will say, for not being in the theater in so long, you can definitely tell. Um, one, I will say it's nice, refreshing to see the prices have come down just a little bit because I think the last time we went two years ago for the exact same. Mm-hmm. matinee it cost me like eight eighteen dollars oh wow for a, a matinee person. holy shit yeah and i remember like going like at, when i bought the tickets at the you know counter i was like uh you know this was two years ago i was yeah. like this is matinee. i go what's standard price and they're like oh it's uh you know 21 dollars per person and so it was like you know three dollars more and i just was like okay okay that's yeah. insane yeah um I'm- so i was happy to see that and also it was just nicer I don't know if maybe they I don't know what they did at the theater we went to, mm-hmm. but it was it was just it's just was it was cleaner is maybe it's because no one's going. I yeah. don't know. But yeah, it could it, be. And I, I you know what? Once again, commercials are ruining theaters for me. You know what? We so we went to a one thirty showing. Yep. And we got there at about like one fifteen, like, okay. Yep. You know, tickets and Whatever we we always we splurge we bought we we got the expensive candy oh yeah popcorn. yeah for sure yeah why not um but dude the movie didn't start till uh it was supposed to start at one thirty it started at two ten yep dude I I'm telling you they do we had like two, and we got two movie trailers yeah two trailers that was it the yeah. rest commercials we had twenty minutes twenty five twenty twenty five minutes of just like not even movie theater commercial like just straight up commercials there's like a fucking toy commercial in there and like just yeah. bullshit and then we had two previews then they took a commercial break from the previews and then showed two more yeah. previews and then the movie started horrible yeah. it's horrible like why yeah, we we actually used to look forward to the trailers because that's yeah. what we would do we would Same. we would 
you know, and it was just, I don't know. At least show like Netflix trailers or something. I don't care. Yeah, I don't. You know? It's just okay. it's 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 ruining it for me, and it's it makes me because like not only you know like you said, it's not cheap going to the theater. It's not cheap. It's an expensive no. day, and then on top of that, you, you add in I got to get there. The movie's supposed to start at this time, but then it's forty five minutes later, and 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 yeah. and a half hour of that is just ads it's insanity yeah, yeah. dude it's insane and i understand why they pay they help pay but it's insanity like it it makes a case for me to be like i'll just wait a month for it to hit on demand and rent it for 20 bucks i'm saving so much fucking money like mean two two weeks yeah even exactly two weeks a dude, month. You, yeah this like godzilla right it's hands down getting i don't know how it's not getting 100 percent. So apparently there's a few people that gave it less than 100 percent. bitches Thank you. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, um, dude, th- Thursday is the last day it's in theaters. Wow. So it's in theaters for literally one week in the States. Pulled, and, it, and it broke records. I don't know what the final initial, the, the numbers are, but I, I, I've read that it broke, it it broke did, some records. It broke records for a U.S. release of a Japanese film. That's still pretty good. Yeah, I mean, I mean, their threshold was so low. I mean, like if it cost them fifteen mil to make the film, I think opening weekend it made like thirty or forty yeah. or something like that. Yeah, not that like that should even be factored in to no. like, the movie was success, but it, it, that's what they have to do these days. Yeah, like I agree. Which it, I love me, the but. I love the contrast of this to like the Godzilla and Kong movie, the new one, because you have in in minus yeah. one, you know, you have Godzilla doing the slow walk, like I don't give a fuck, like, and then in the and then in the new trailer, him and <laughs> Godzilla and Kong are sprinting like Rocky and and Apollo, Apollo Creed on the, on beach, the beach and Rocky three, just like <laughs> just cruising, like what is going yeah. on here? Oh, you mean one movie's paying attention to like the physics of earth yeah uh at least in some aspect and the other one is not but hey you know whatever different types of listen films. am hey, i am i still gonna go see that movie 100 percent. oh yeah definitely got it I mean, yeah it's gonna be godzilla has or kong has a robot arm how am i not gonna see that okay it's a glove it's not a glove but- i'm calling it right <laughs> now. it's a robot arm if kong loses his arm i'm gonna be pissed but <laughs> it just isn't like the kid in me uh, also, our guest is here. It's time. He's here. He's ready to rock. I think we should bring him in. Let's do it. Check one, two. And we're back with our with our esteemed guest, a guy that I have known for years. Quite a few years now. He uh, he was a cover artist on a book that I worked on over at IDW way, way long ago. But uh, Baldemar Rivas, how's it going, man? What's up, dude? Pretty good, man. Pretty yeah. good. Thank you for having me. Of Absolutely. course. Absolutely. Welcome to the Tiger Den. And uh, it, you were one of my first, like, earliest uh, people that I met in comics. Really? Because uh, uh, that's the first cover i've ever done what no no way oh wow i don't know how they found me but i'll i uh i graduated i just graduated art school that year and uh because i've done work 
for uh, the newspaper. So I had like, okay. um, I had a portfolio and, and a lot of uh, published work that I was showing around. And uh, yeah, so I was going to comic con- comic book conventions trying to get like out there. And I guess someone recommended me and then my portfolio just, yeah, they just offered me the book. And uh, yeah, man, that's where I met you. That's, that's uh, awesome. Okay. And people probably don't know the book we're talking about, but it was, it was Bubba Hotep. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. So okay, you've already kind of given me, given us a lot of juice here. Yeah. Uh, you said you got hired right out of school. Uh, I remember seeing your portfolio. It was very impressive. Uh, wh- where did you go to school? Did you go to like an art college or something? Uh, yeah. So uh, I'm originally from California, from a little uh, city in uh, in the valley. And uh, I got a good scholarship to come over here uh, to oh. Kansas City. And I... Uh, yeah, I went in for illustration. So I wanted to do comic books early on. And uh, then I found out you could do murals. You could do, like, uh, editorial work and, uh, and like, storyboards. So I just knew I wanted to do comic books first and see where that leads me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and it just uh, – I've been doing pretty well. I've been having a blast. That's great. Where did you go to school at? Uh, Kansas City Art Institute. So I I transferred and did a two years and yeah. (laughs) (laughs) That was it. Was that a pretty big change though? Going from California out to Missouri? Like, was that a bit of a like culture shock? Yeah, it was very green. Uh, When I left California, it was uh, during the the big drought. Okay. Um, So coming over here, it was very green and I could not find a good Mexican uh, place for, for a while. Uh, Chats, that long. checks out. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, it took two years, but I found a good uh, Mexican restaurant. Uh, so I'm, now I'm very happy. But it good. was definitely a, a culture shock. Yeah. Uh, yeah. That, not a lot of food trucks. Not, no, no. You know, not. I went to, uh, oh man, I can't remember the name of the comic shop, but I think it was, uh, when I, when I was there, uh, in 2022, um, mm-hmm. it was like one of Kansas city's oldest comic shops. And, uh, I don't know if you've been there, but I, I think I told this story online before, but since you're there, I'm just curious. Uh, I went in, I went in there and, uh, this was 2022. She was like, oh yeah, the, the lady I walked in. She was like, oh, yeah, we don't we're not open for customers. You just call and tell us what you want and we'll give it to you. And I was like, but I have money like I want to look at your books. Like, what is going on here? Like, I finally like like kind of sweet talked her into letting me stay and like flip through the collection. I ended up buying a couple books. But I was like, this is this has never happened to me before. And like I hit up comic shops everywhere i go when i travel never happened mm-hmm. to me before it was wild yeah uh yeah i know which comic book shop you're talking about mm-hmm. uh she turned me away as well great selection like, if you can get yeah. inside <laughs> yeah <laughs> from what i can see from the window yeah weird uh, weird so let me ask you this then is there um because like i'm in anchorage or right outside anchorage there's mm-hmm. not a lot of uh I guess you could say like a huge comic uh, creator. There's not a lot of comic creators, not a lot of pros up here, very few. And the ones that are here, they only last for a little while. And then it seems like they move to lower 48. Uh, 
how's how's the scene out there in Kansas City? Like, is there is there a good network? Is there a big crew of people? Because I could I could see yes or no. Uh, it's it's a big crew of people. Really? Uh, I share a studio with about seven other creators. So, yeah, we just help each other out and and just constantly talk to each other. That's awesome. Uh, uh, that's cool. Oh, yeah. What were you gonna say? Oh, I was just gonna say that's really cool. How did you uh, how did you uh, link up with all those guys? Um, Kansas City is a pretty like small circle. Uh, mm-hmm. like with the comics community, like you just find out everyone really does link up, and yeah, and then got my foot through the door with uh with Kyle Strom. Uh, he was uh one of my teachers at KCI, and um, he was giving me some uh, published work while I was still in school. And then, uh, we, yeah, we just kept on talking and hanging out. And uh, he introduced me to a lot of, um, of the comic book scene. That's cool. That's really cool. Nice. Um, yeah, it's awesome. So do you guys, so you guys share a studio? Do you guys, is it like um, a collective or do you guys actually run it like a business? Uh, it's like a collective. Uh, everyone okay. does their own thing. Um, it's mostly like two or three like artists at a time maybe like one or two per the week. Uh, but yeah, whenever we just run into problem, we just hit each other up, but you know, grab lunch and just talk a bit um, yeah. and just drink and draws. But there's been a lot of uh, big name creators moving into uh, Kansas city. So it's uh it's really blowing up the nice. last couple of years. Oh, wow. That's, that's really cool. Um, uh, what was I going to say? Anybody, anybody we may have heard of, less or any of the big names may have heard of. Uh, Chris Burnham moved here. Oh, okay. Scotty Young. Oh, wow. Scotty Young's out there. Mm -hmm. You know, Scotty Young. I feel like I just miss him. Apparently, he spent some. He lived for a few years up here in Alaska. Uh Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's what someone told me. Like, uh, I know a guy. uh, I think his name's. Seems Kevin Harden, Harding, who like I think they were like roommates together or something like that, uh-huh. or some I don't know. I, it's interesting. I keep running into people that know Scotty Young or work with Scotty mm-hmm. Young, and yet I have never met the man. <laughs> uh, super nice dude, man. Super nice dude. Uh, when I first met him, he bought me a Chipotle burrito, so I he's always has a place in my heart. After that, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> Yeah, right. You can't right. You can't go wrong. Yeah. That's my nine year old's favorite place to eat. So <laughs> uh, but uh yeah, man, there's just a lot of big name uh people just out and about. And um yeah, they just all hang out and maybe get invited a couple times and uh yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh it just sucks, man, that you don't have a a big community. Mm-hmm. But I guess you do a lot of stuff online. Yeah. Like yeah. Yeah. I mean, thank God for the internet, right? Uh, <laughs> oh, yeah. Feel, especially during like the pandemic, I feel like we'd all gone crazy. Yep. You mm-hmm. know? Um, all right. Now I'm just going to, I'm going to like, like a samurai. I'm going to cut through the bullshit. Oh. You want to know why? You want to know why I had you on the show? Why? Yeah. He's looking at me like, oh, what, what, what's what? coming? Your sketchbook, dude. You got the best oh. fucking sketchbook. Maybe in the industry, I you know I'm always like oh you know what's Baltimore up to these days, and then you'll drop some like crazy like 
monkey street urban like <laughs> drip shit uh, on these pages, and I'm going, well, all right, I was gonna start a sketchbook, but and, nah. And this man and is nah. a sketchbook junkie too. He, I don't even know how many sketchbooks you have of people. That's like what you buy. Well, I buy them, and but I never draw on them. I always want to, and then I see guys like Baldemar do stuff, and I'm like, I people don't want to see my fucking garbage on a on a sketch page. Like it doesn't make your your stuff's like a work of art, dude. Like I, I got to know, like what? Uh, I mean, is that like one of your favorite things? It just feels like there's so much passion and heart in your sketchbook stuff. <laughs> Thanks, dude. That that means a lot, man. Uh, yeah, you, dude. Uh, I, I, dig, I dig your work, bro. And uh, for me, though, like, it's my happy place. Uh, I guess my ultimate dream would just to do, just draw my sketchbook all day and then just sell them uh, for a living. Yeah. That oh. would be the dream. Oh. Uh, just all this kinetic energy, whatever mm-hmm. you want that day, just lay it out to bear. And then it's like, yeah, thousand bucks a page, man, whatever you want. Yeah. Go ahead. <laughs> uh, who was it? Like our crumb that like traded, was it three sketchbooks for a house in France or something? Holy I mean, shit. That wouldn't surprise yeah. me. That seems like an yeah. R crumb. That seems like a crumb move, right? <laughs> mm-hmm. After I heard that, I was like, damn, I guess I'll just, keep these sketchbooks better get have, them yeah have you always been a sketchbook guy uh no it, it was until community college uh my buddy that i befriended uh he was a pretty like good artist and he had a sketchbook but i've never really committed like i just drew on like computer paper but yeah. uh he showed me like a mos a moleskine oh yeah yeah right I think uh, so, something like that, dude. It feels like butter, like drawing on it, and I just love the feel, the glide. Yeah, uh, that's what I call it. Um, the glide. I like that. The glide. Oh, mm-hmm. uh, mm-hmm. I think that's what we're gonna title this episode. The no. glide. <laughs> I like it. Let me write. Let me write that down so you don't forget. Please. <laughs> uh, what was I talking about? Uh, just like sketchbooks, we're riffing on the glide. Uh, your buddy was uh, had had gotten the moleskins, and uh, showed the, showed you like some of the stuff that he was drawing. Yeah, so it, he was like a a bit more classically trained. So I always want to strive to do better. So I'm like, okay, this is the next step. I got to get my sketchbook, mm-hmm. and then um, that's what I've been doing. So I would just like fill one up, like maybe a year. Um, but then I went to art school when I transferred. That's when I really like started taking off. Um, I was doing like an inventory check and I did about, I don't know. I think I did like six sketchbooks in my junior year and like another like six my senior year. Wow. That's a lot, man. That's impressive. Yeah. I, I just like, I didn't have a TV. I didn't have any game systems. When I moved over here, I didn't know where Kansas City was in the map. I didn't know anything. I was just all California native yeah. to the bone. Yeah. So like everything was just completely new. So all I had was a suitcase, my backpack, and a skateboard to like get around. 
Damn. Um, <laughs> so I like homework was fun because my homework was to draw. Um, it's always funny, man. I always hear people complaining, like other students, man. Like I can't, I don't have time. I'm like, you got to make time, man. I'm like, this is the time, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. this is like where experimentation happens. Like you have yeah. to, you know, risk it for the biscuit. If you're going to be an artist, you know? Yeah. Definitely. Um, De- I, l- I love that you brought up the time thing. Cause it's like, once you start working as like a professional, right? Like the mm-hmm. time, that's when it's like, Oh man, if I can get some time to do some sketchbook work or do some concepts yeah. on some project, it's just, it's so valuable, but uh, yeah, you know, students like, I don't have the time. I don't have the time. Uh, yeah. I mean, how, how do you balance it? Cause you do, you're very prolific in your sketchbook. Do you set aside like every morning or something? Is that how you like start the day or? Yeah, I, I do. I do got to warm up, man. Like I get really tense. Like, um, I have to be loose to draw. I draw the best when I'm very loose. The more I try to control it, the harder it is to draw. Yeah. The more I'm looser, the more I'm just like, I don't care attitude, the easier it goes. So it's really hard to like control my ability to draw, if that makes sense. I don't know if you have the same problem as well. I, I, yeah, no, you, I have the exact, it's like uh, I find myself trying to tap into that like uh, flow state. Mm-hmm. And uh, I like, I grew up playing sports, right? And the worst thing you could do was be tense, right? Because then you were like overthinking mm-hmm. and like the moves and the technique just never came smooth. But if you could tap in that flow state, like you were talking about, just you're loose and relaxed and you're not overthinking things. All of a sudden, I, at least for, for drawing, it seems like you can draw, you get so much, such a better line, but you also get so much more done and such. Like there's nothing worse than looking at the clock struggling on something because you're all tense and then you look back and it's like four hours have gone by and you're still working mm-hmm. on the same panel. But if you're loose, I mean, like, I don't know, when I'm in that flow state, it's like I can get through a whole page in like two hours, you know, mm-hmm. no problem. But I don't know. Maybe that's kind of similar to what you're talking about. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's exactly what I'm talking about, man. It just, it takes a minute to hit it, but once you hit it, man, like it just flies by. Um, yeah. So I, you uh, did. Oh, God, sorry. No, I, I go ahead. Oh yeah, no. Go on. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, sorry, I was just, I'm gonna... just like I uh, just drinking a bit uh, while eating uh, dinner. No, no worries, good, man. man, dude. The, these podcast podcasts are always like weird, you yep. know. They're always such a like an awkward thing. That and there's like delays and yeah, no, yep. no worries. Um, Why well, no, have a question? Guess, oh, here we go. Oh, Jesus, here we go. Here we go. <laughs> no, I just you know uh, the sketchbook guy. Do you have like uh, what what are your favorite things to to draw and sketch? Are you like you know people, action, cityscape, landscape? Like what what do you like? doing uh i like drawing organic things okay so uh a lot of people but i love drawing trees as well uh just whenever whatever i don't have to use a ruler i'm very happy to draw (laughs) nice Uh, well wait wait a second what about your there's a guy or not a guy but there's a like a, a character that is in your sketchbook I see him all the time. The monkey, man. What is the deal with the monkey? I want to know. Like, 
Are we? Uh, is, he, yeah. is he gonna get his own book? Like, what's happening here? Uh, I got something planned for him. Uh, in the future, like, I don't want to rush it. Uh, I like to take my time a little bit too too much, but I am planning to use that character in the uh, yeah, in the future. Uh, like a creator-owned project. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so I'm I'm just. I want to tackle some heavy themes and I just, I'll, I'm just waiting to get better at writing before I can like give it the, the respect it deserves. Uh, I like that. That I, I think that's very, I think sometimes you see creators jump in and tackle too much too early. Mm-hmm. Um, I like, I mean, I know I've done it on certain projects, but like I've got a, there's a few things that I've been. It's like I, I purposely am not going to work on them until I feel like my work has, I guess, matured a bit more. You know. Yeah, yeah. And uh, for the monkey, like the reason why I started drawing a lot of monkey people is just I love drawing uh, hair and like wrinkles. Mm. Oh, I nice. love drawing really ugly people. So yeah, yeah. Just uh, just wrinkly and then covered in hair. So that was a perfect excuse to just make monkey people. And uh, yeah, I was just on a tangent on my sketchbook and then I just let it, I let my uh, creative freedom flow that it just naturally just happened. I just could not stop drawing them. That's, um, so. that's what you got to do. Cause I know, I don't know if, if you're the same, but Tad always hates it when, when people like get commissions and they're like, draw me doing something cool. Just draw them fucking wrinkly and hairy, make them as ugly as mm-hmm. possible. There you go. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> are, are, do you do a lot of commissions? Are you a commission guy? Um, I, I was in the beginning, I was trying to like break in. So I did a lot of like, whenever anyone would pay for a commission, I try to go like above and beyond. Um, so, yeah, I just try to do very outrageous things. And then uh, I got pretty burned out because I, I, still, I still need to do two more commissions. That was like a year and a half ago. So, yeah, I was like completely burned out at Dragon Con. So I got to do, do those two commissions. So I haven't done commissions in a while. Um, the last commission I did, the guy did not like it. Oh and no! I spent a long time doing it, so it kind of like broke my heart. It kind of shook me a bit, so I just like turned off commissions for a bit until like I can feel like I can do commissions again. I don't know. I'm just like always nervous about what people like. It's the fear of the artists. Yeah, it. I don't. You know, commissions are a weird thing. I feel like there's huh. for some people that's their gear. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, and, uh, and then for other, I like, I'm not a commission guy. I think mm-hmm. the only way I could do a commission is like, Hey, I got a list of things that I want to draw, mm-hmm. pick from it. If, and then I'm not, you're not giving me any kind of, uh, that's what Terry Dotson I, does. He puts out a list of like, I'll draw these things. Let yeah, me know. Really? Yeah. Yeah. I see. I think that's the smart way to do it because like, I always get very specific instructions and it's always for like weird stuff. And it's just one of those where it just, it kills the um, the want, I guess, to do the commission because it's always like, "Hey, I want you to draw, I don't know, some character I've never heard of. Oh, and make it look like my twelve year old son." <laughs> like, yeah, <laughs> okay, sure. 
but make my son an adult. And I'm like, sure, okay, I'll do that. Yeah. Oh, man. No, yeah, those can be, like, pretty weird, man. Like, drawing people's cats or something. Yeah. Um, like, can I just draw you, like, Silver Surfer <laughs> or something? You, you can draw me Silver Surfer, but it's got to look like my cat. I want my cat yeah, like, as Silver Surfer. It's always that stuff. And you're like, you, you want a hairless silver cat on a surfboard. <laughs> exactly. Uh, exactly. All right. So you went to art school. You know, uh-huh. uh, you 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 obviously you left your roots of California. You went mm-hmm. out to the Midwest. Then you you got on Bubba Hotep, and then from there it was just you know boom boom boom, just working on a whole bunch of different projects, covers and uh and whatnot. What was the the actual catalyst for like making you want to do comics? Was there some specific artists? Like for me, it was like I was looking at like Bernie Wrightson and Barry Windsor Smith and um, Steve Bissett and Joe Kubert, and those were the guys that I was like, oh shit, I want I want to do this. I want to tell stories, you know. Um, for you, like, did you have like some set guys? Were you like a Jim Lee dude? Were you looking at like indie stuff? Um, I look. I grew up reading a lot of uh, uh, manga when I was younger. Um, I remember a kid in middle school brought a young blood. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's Rob Liefeld, right? uh, Yeah. 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 And uh, I just remember seeing a lot of Chrome and a lot of lines (laughs) and I'm like, dude, this is like sensory overload. Don't Um, forget pouches, man. Don't forget pouches. Yeah. Yeah. uh, it's just really hard to read the the panels as well. So, um, I don't know. I just remember being really young. I, I could not understand what I was saying, but it was it looked cool. I just didn't yeah. know what it was. Uh, but I just grew up reading a lot of like Dragon Ball, like the manga and uh, yeah. the hockey show. Um, then I my my brother brought in a, a comic which was um, Silver Surfer versus a. Uh, Green Lantern during the uh, amalgam in the nineties. Do you guys remember that? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, mm-hmm. oh yeah. I had that book. That was a great one. Oh, was well, one it wasn't the- amalgam. It was just like a cross fight, right? Yeah, but they were doing. It was like I think at the time when they were doing the amalgam, they were doing like all these. Because I remember there was like a Batman versus Hulk, which made uh-huh. no, there's no a Batman sense. versus Spider Man as well, and a Cap. Yeah, yeah. And I think they did a Spider-Man versus Superman. There was like a whole slew of them mm-hmm. that they did. Uh-huh. And some of them were good. Some of them were, you know, <laughs> yeah, marketing. <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, I, I just knew I really wanted to do a, a comics. Well, because I just wanted to do, I just wanted to draw for a living. And then um, after high school, uh, I went to my public library to uh, see what I can get. And then, um, yeah, dude, that's the first time I've actually read Hellboy. Oh. Uh, and then, uh, oh, wait, I also had The Walking Dead in uh, in high school. I had a Walking Dead, the first volume. I would read that back-to-back all the time. Oh, yeah, nice. That was fantastic. Uh, but, yeah, I, I would read um, Hellboy, the Mike McDonald, man, just, it's so good. I love the folklore mm-hmm. aesthetic so mm-hmm. much. And I um, imagine, was it, did the art have any kind of, because like the art was so different. It seemed like once you discovered Magnola, kind of like changed, at least for me, I was in college when I discovered his stuff and it kind of changed my entire perspective of comics. 
You know mm-hmm. what I mean? Like a, it, before I was only really familiar with like Marvel DC kind of the mm-hmm. whole like Rob Liefeld stuff like you were talking about like craziness. Yeah. yeah. And then you would come across Hellboy and you're like, oh, this has got a different vibe. Like this even feels different, reads different. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I it really did just blow me away just the way he his pacing, man, and his focus on just lighting too. Cause I'm like well, American comics can do just more than superhero stuff. And I, that really did like blow me away. Um, do you remember the marquee by Guy Davis? No, uh, I think, I don't think I ever read it. I remember seeing it here and there, especially Dude. when I was in school. Was it pretty good? Dude, it's yeah, it, it was, it's really eye popping, man. The, the monsters are incredible. Uh, it's, I think it's what he did right before uh, BPRD. Uh, oh, okay. I highly recommend it. Oh, um, check that out. Yeah, I just wrote so, it down. Uh, I just knew I wanted to make art for a living. So, and I really wanted to do comic books. Uh, I remember walking into like a comic book shop and and just wishing I had a comic book in a comic book stand. And <laughs> so, like, I don't know, man. Like that kind of really just shifted my gears. Mm-hmm. Um, I had something happen. Uh, my father got sick and yeah. passed away, and it was kind of a a, a bit of a, a shock. Yeah, because sure. uh, I wasn't going down the right path. Um, so I kind of got my act together. I'm like, okay, I I got I want to make I want to be an artist. I want to make art. I want to do comic books first. Let's do it. And then, yeah, I just came to Kansas City and. Yeah, just try to draw as much as possible and try to break in. Yeah, uh, yeah. It's interesting how uh, I had similar, very similar thing. My dad got sick. I was like a freshman in college. I was just going for like, I don't know. I, I started off zoology, then I transferred over to fine arts, but it was mostly just kind of like a backup plan. And mm-hmm. like I took it, I took it seriously, but I didn't really have a long term. There was no long term goal. It was just kind of like okay get a, get a bachelor's degree. You know what I mean? Yeah. And, uh, yeah. And then he passed away and it was kind of one of those like, Oh shit. Okay. Like, uh, I want to have, I want to like make something that's worth my time here. I think it was like, you're, you know, I don't know if it's just that, like, uh, you become aware of like your mortality mm-hmm. and it's kind of like, okay, yep. like, okay, we gotta, we gotta do, let's do something here. Something that's, yeah, it might not last forever, but at least it'll like last some time you know, make some kind of impact somewhere, even if so like small. Um, so I, I think that's, uh, it's interesting that you said that because, uh, I don't know, I can relate to that. Uh, you know what I mean? Like a similar path, if you will. <laughs> yeah, man, it's, it's definitely like, uh, it's horrific, but you know, it made us go, it made us think seriously about our lives, you know, yep. and yeah. pursue. And I, I do think art can change the world, you know, and, you know, I just want to make an impact, a positive impact. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, it's interesting. Cause like when you do art, right. It's mm-hmm. kind of like a selfish act, right. You're doing your, even if it's, you know, whether, and you take the like monetary factor out of it, but just like sitting mm-hmm. down and drawing for a living, right. You're like, you're drawing for you. Like when it's just you, you're alone looking at the page and it's like you dealing with like, ego and all that kind of stuff to like make it the best thing you can possibly make it that day. But, and then later down the road when that 
thing comes out, you won't even be thinking about it. You'll just kind of like, I don't know about you, but I look at a page and I usually just look at like, oh, I could have done that a little bit better. The storytelling could have been a little better. Mm-hmm. So many of yeah. us, like, I have my best layout ideas like a week after it's already done. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, uh, but then you run into somebody and they're like, oh man, I love that book. It was great. It got me through a hard time or they just like enjoyed it and it, you know, this and that. And you're like, oh, and it's kind of one of those things where you realize, I feel like art is one of the few things where it's created in moments of, I guess, selfishness, but it benefits people as a whole. Does that make sense? Absolutely does. Yeah. Mm, I agree, man. Yeah. it, And there's not too many things that are like that. You know what I mean? Like most things that are selfish endeavors, like, again, like I said, like I play, I grew up playing sports and I know people enjoy sports. It's entertainment, but mm-hmm. like at the end of the day, like who's really benefiting the, at the most from the sport, you know, it's like, it's kind of the athlete, you know, there's yeah. a lot of glory that comes with it. Worth art. You don't really get that. You make something and then it, that's it. You know, you move on from time to make well, something else. And, not I, and I also think like, you know, kind of like what you said about it being a selfish endeavor and like, I always feel like people fall into bad traps when they're trying to like make something that they think everybody else is going to love instead of like, I'm just going to do this because this is this is the story that I want to tell or and I hope it resonates with people. Yeah. You know, I feel like those are always the stories that end up getting celebrated anyways, yes. right? Or the ones where it's like, I mean, we were just talking about, uh, I don't know if you've seen the new, there's that new uh, Japanese Godzilla, Godzilla minus, minus one, one that dropped, right? I haven't seen it yet, man. Oh, oh we won't spoil really it. Yet. So good. Oh, I'm I'm just gonna say it's the best Godzilla movie. Hands ever down. Made. Just as a, as a film, as a film, yeah, it's mm. a beautiful yeah. story. Uh, and Godzilla happens to just be in it and work beautifully within yep. it. Like he yeah. is, just he is the overlying factor that brings the entire film together. Um, but at the same time, then there's that. Uh, the next day, do? the day after the movie dropped, they dropped the Godzilla and Kong trailer. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and it's like, oh, here's an example of a movie. One, you know, minus one is made truly for what we just talked about. Like someone's vision of Godzilla and yep. the message they want to tell. Yep. And and then it comes out and everyone's like, this is beautiful. Where then you look at the other one and it's like, oh, they're making this something to please they want to make as much money as they yeah. fucking possibly the guy, can. Let's, you know what? Be you know what? Be you know what? Be fucking sick, guys. Why don't we? Why don't we give Kong a fucking robot arm? <laughs> it's gonna be awesome. Yeah, that was that was that happened in the writers' room. Like, yeah, hundred percent. There was some dude who like stood up and did the like field goal. Like, yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Just <laughs> raking money now, yeah. man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He, he just he did the you know in the strip club yeah. throwing out yeah. throwing out yeah. dollar bills you know. Oh. Yeah, I was talking to someone about it, and they said, uh, "Yeah, man, the next movie like Kong's gonna have an Iron Man suit or something." God, I hope uh, so. Maybe I read it online. And I don't know. It was, it was just really funny. You, you, uh, when they're running, when they're when they're running like Rocky uh, and Apollo in in Rocky Three on yeah, the beach, and, and he's definitely got yeah. like a robot arm or something. Tad thinks it's a suit of armor. I mm-hmm. really want it to be a robot arm because I think that that would be cool. Um, I, I thought it was gonna. I thought it was a gauntlet. Yeah, I mean, that's what I was a, kind of thinking, right? Yeah, I don't want to. Uh, yeah, you see his uh, his palm. Oh, you do. Damn it. Or, yeah. 
<laughs> Sorry. I thank thank you. Thank yeah. you. I kept I, saying uh, it was a gauntlet. He was disagreeing. You just, you, you just had to take that from me. <laughs> I, I have uh, no self control when I see the trailer. I'm like, okay, day one of the trailer drop, I will watch over and over and yeah. over again, and I'm never going to watch the trailer ever again. Yeah, it comes out. Right. Yeah. Uh, exactly. I mean. When, when we talk about making something that's going to please other people, that is going to please me very, very much. I'm going to love it. It's going to be probably dog shit, but I'm going to love it. I'm going to love the hell out of it. So you watched the trailer. What did you think of the um, like big baddie, like the giant King Louie? King Louie from weird, the Jungle right? Book, man. Yeah. I want to be like you. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's going to be weird because he seems like he has his baby yeah. or something. So... We'll yeah. see how that goes, but you know, I'm definitely a uh, very pro ape. So um, next year is going to be uh, my year, man. With mm-hmm. Planet of the Apes movie coming out as well. Yep. Oh yeah. So, oh, that's right. I, I forgot. The, I, just I saw the trailer it. for that at, at Godzilla. Yeah. Are you? Yeah. Uh, are you big? So you're a big Planet of the Apes guy. Uh, I like the. I've always liked the look of the ape uh, hybrid. Um, yeah. So I guess that's when I draw. I do get that little vibe of the hybrid, uh, and I love it. I love that ape uh, mm-hmm. snout and stuff. But man, I really wanted to hate the James Franco movie. Watching it, I'm like, oh, this is gonna be garbage. But you know, I'll watch it. And uh, yeah, it's like the best, best movie that like respects its source material that I've watched because there was a lot of nods, and it did not feel forced at all. Yeah. Not Tim Burton's with Mark Wahlberg? No. <laughs> I, I mean, I will say the costumes look cool in the Tim Burton one, but yeah. that was about uh, it. Right? Yeah, well, their costumes are always going to look good in a Tim Burton movie, most of all, most of the time. Mm-hmm. So true. <laughs> now let me ask you. Let me ask you guys both a question. Uh, for because we've got Godzilla Kong coming out next year. You know they're probably going to make another one, and we know that this one, the big bad, is a is another ape. Now, do we mm-hmm. think Godzilla and Kong three, the big bad, is going to be another like Godzilla monster? I mean, it's inevitable, you would right? Hope. It's you inevitable. would hope. The thing that oh, go ahead. What were we gonna say? I just assume that it has to be like an alien, like an elder god or something. Oh, that would I. I would just yeah. love them to let's give some of the big baddies from the like, or, you know, the other uh, the other Godzilla pantheon, like some screen time. Like, I mean, mm. I think people are sleeping on Bi- Biolanti would be so fucking cool to see a, a new version of that. Mm-hmm. Um, Destroya is a big fan favorite. I mean, like I, I was lucky enough early in my career to get to work on Godzilla for, you know, a spell just a little bit here and there. Yeah. Jump in, do a little bit of work, jump out. And I mean, like that was all I'd ever hear from the fans was they were like, Hey, they're going to do anything with, you know, Biolanti, destroy a, anything like that. And I, I don't know. I mean, I know in the comics occasionally they'll toss them in there, but they're like show for net for a, an issue, maybe two. And then they're out. Mm-hmm. But, I don't know. We'll see. I'm, I'm just, don't do them. I never liked Mecha Godzilla. I get it why they did it in the last one, and I like that they incorporated like Ghidorah's skull and stuff into it. But like, uh, this stays between us. I'm not going to say this anywhere else. Okay. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. 
I hated the design for Mecha Godzilla. It was the, the, it wasn't great. In in the King Kong versus Godzilla, I thought it was stupid looking. If I'm being honest, like they could have made it way cooler. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, what about a uh, Jet Jaguar? See, Jet Jaguar, I think could be interesting because I hate it. Even as a kid, I hated Jet Jaguar. I thought he was stupid. I hated it was his like face. Ultraman ripoff. Yeah, yeah. I think that's what he kind of was, right? But then uh, he had like clown colors. But I don't know. I think oh you, man. Can, you don't you like can, clowns. Not a big clown guy. <laughs> <laughs> but I think I think you could do a a rehash of him. I think you could bring him back and make him actually kind of cool. I think mm-hmm. that'd be cool. Um, uh, I don't know. Did you ever see Godzilla? Uh, it was in the nine. I think it was early two thousands. It was during the Millennium Collection. They did the Godzilla. Uh, Godzilla versus uh, Mecha Godzilla, and it was instead of Mecha Godzilla, they called it Kiryu, mm. and they had this whole like human story of like this female pilot, and uh, you know she was like I don't know, it was such a great story. I wouldn't mind them doing something like that again, of like uh, where you could bring in like an interesting human element with like the people trying to stop Godzilla by trying to like fight fire. I guess you get a little Pacific Rimish right there, mm-hmm. but. I think it would be cool. I think people would well, like it. Um, maybe they're going to adapt the 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 great Justice League versus Godzilla and Kong story adaptation <laughs> into a movie. <laughs> hey, how dare you? Also, Baldemar's been doing some DC work, so like, watch your P's and Q's there, buddy. Hey, watch your listen, P's and Q's. <laughs> listen, I'm probably going to pick it up when it comes out collected. I'm just saying. But Speaking of Big Macs, yeah, yeah, you did some oh, interesting yeah, mech work on DC. Uh, I, 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 you have to forgive me. I can't. Re- I don't know the name of it. I, but I remember seeing your work. Like I, you posted online about it. What, what was that book? It was kind of it, wild. It was called DC Mech. <laughs> DC <laughs> Mech. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. How, how was that? Because that, that was an interesting, very bold take on fan. You know, like. You had like uh, Wonder Woman and Superman and Batman as like essentially like Zords or mm-hmm. mech fighters, right? Yeah, they were just like we wanted to do an homage to the mech genre of the whole. So there was definitely inspiration from uh, Gundam, Evangelion, um, Tetujin, uh, Red Baron. Uh, oh, cool. So I, I just when I knew I was going to get this project, I just. Uh, I just bought a bunch of movies, man. And uh, that's my favorite part about being an artist. I get to buy all this like source material. So mm-hmm. I'm like, well, I have to get it for research. Yeah, you exactly. Yeah. Research, man. Yeah. So then I'm like ordering toys and playing with them. I'm like, I'm researching. Sorry, I got to. That's right. Call you back in a bit. <laughs> uh, but yeah, so I just try to be as. Um, yeah, I just educated on that end so each mech from the dc universe had to be inspired by like a different like show so is what we're thinking about um but then i just try to mash multiple types of um mech designs that i like and what i think the superhero would have Mm -hmm. um for example like batman is like he has like a giant cloak It's, it's crazy man like it's a giant robot with a giant cloak, but it's like an homage to the uh, what's the Gundam? What with Def Scythe? I 
Dude, not familiar I, with Gundam. Yeah. yeah, I don't know. I yeah. I would see it on Toonami occasionally as a, a oh. young man, and uh, and I'd be like, cool. And then I never got to watch it. I'd always yeah. get stuck doing other shit. Uh, uh, so Kenny Kenny was right. Kenny Porter's the writer. Uh, he loves Gundam, so he just like answered all my Gundam questions. <laughs> and I'm like, okay, what are you thinking here? I'm like, well, you'll like push me in the right direction. But uh, yeah, man, it was really fun seeing all these mech shows and like getting into the zone of mech and just having a wild fight. Um, yeah. So, you got a, do you have a top mech? Like, if if I needed a gateway mech, oh yeah, uh, there what, we go. What would you recommend? Uh, have you seen a uh, Tegan Topa Gurren Lagan? Oh God, no. <laughs> no. no. It's, uh, it's it's an absurd show that knows it's it knows what it is and just dials it up to the eleven. I love uh, that. It's a, it's a robot that goes in another robot and then it just keeps on doing it up to the point that it's the size of like a planet and it fights like an evil entity god. But it's <laughs> it's so absurd and cool. It's worth checking out. Uh, it gets yeah. me pumped up. Uh, worth checking out, man. Okay, I really, check that. I really want there to be a line in DC Mech from Bruce Wayne about how he's actually going to go broke because you know who's paying for all those mechs? <laughs> it ain't, it ain't fucking Clark Kent on his reporter uh, salary. You know what hey, I mean? Like <laughs> he, he got a, you know, Prince not dead. He's still doing okay over there at the Daily Planet. Yeah, he's come pulling on, in, man. he's pulling in sixty k a year, man. Like, come on. That's like, yeah. <laughs> you, you can't even buy a mech finger for that much. Like, let's, let's be real. So uh, it was like an Elseworld. So in World War II, they had some giant um, kaiju-esque um, demigorgons come in and wreak havoc. And it was during the time of the Hall of Justice. Okay. Is that right? Yeah. And then um, it just kind of shifted the whole world into creating giant robots to fight these um entities kaiju ass creatures uh later on in the future mm -hmm. and um yeah man it gets yeah <laughs> it's worth checking out it's all right okay. it gets my, crazy you piqued my yeah. interest for sure uh you said earlier that uh you uh like a lot of anime and that you 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 dropped my favorite. You yeah. dropped some Dragon Ball. You're a big Dragon Ball oh. fan. Uh, yeah, have, man. Do you like Dude, any of the? Have you checked out the new Super shit? Uh, I haven't, man. I uh, I haven't checked it out. I just it's it's really not that great. If I'm being honest, like I love Toriyama, but it should have just stopped at you know the Boo Saga. Yeah, yeah. Just it. Just left it there, man. It was and beautiful. Where? The Boo Saga, when Boo Saga ended, yeah, just left right. it there. Maybe you throw in a movie afterwards. Yeah. Like, you know, they did a couple movies afterwards, you know, back in the 90s, but uh, it just. Um, hey, dork. Okay. Well, all right. There. <laughs> okay. Batman. Yeah. Whatever. <laughs> hey, Goku would rock Bat's world yeah. any day later. <laughs> okay. Oh, uh, man. Be serious. I, I would have ended it at Frieza. Oh, how dare you! Cell Saga? Come on, yeah. man! Cell was amazing. He's amazing, but like, 
I don't know, man. When Frieza destroyed a planet with his finger, I'm like, okay, that's clearly, like, very powerful, right? Like, I feel like that's... I don't I know. It. You set the bar too high for me once you did that, and now I just I can't stop thinking about that one scene. And I'm like, right. okay. Just, well, that, just that's, that's the problem that they had with, with the Super right now, right? Because now they're all, like, training to be essentially, like, uh, like... You like gods of an uh-huh. entire universe, not just the solar system, like an entire universe. That's who they're training yeah. with. And it's weird because they'll fight other characters and like, you know, like the super Saiyan thing is just, you know, it's just a step to get to whatever weird yeah. transformation they're in now. And, but the, the, the power, the, the power thing doesn't translate the power. You know what I mean? Where it's like, yeah, it's the same effect. I was like, dude, we saw him do this before when he was going KO Ken 10, like, yeah. I don't like this is no big deal, man. Like, what are you talking about? I, I Brian and I always talk about this. It's that thing of um it's like you create f- the physics mm-hmm. of your of the universe that your your characters operate in. And then it mm-hmm. seems like at some point, if you, the story goes too long, people you, you start kind of you have to break those rules. Yeah, yeah, you break the rules and it just things don't like you said, Frieza blew up a planet with one finger. And now all of a sudden it's like, I don't know, you've got guys that are nerfing that kind of stuff with like yeah. just by showing up, you know, like it's no big deal on earth, you know, like yeah. it, it's, it's very strange. Yeah, I get it. I get it. Did you, um, I will say you should watch the new Brawley movie if you get a chance. Oh yeah, man. Yeah. That was a lot of fun, dude. Oh, uh, Bry doesn't even like Dragon Ball and he watched huh. it and he admitted to me that it was good. I did. I did. It was good. Yeah. The, the fights, the fights were so the dynamic, were good. yeah, and in t- crazy. I was like, oh man, like we need more of this, more yeah. of this. You know what was my favorite uh, anime movie of this year? Hmm. Slam Dunk. I didn't even know they did a movie of Slam Dunk. Uh, I guess they never finished it. In um, I guess the the, the artist never finished it. Um, yeah. and it just ended at the cliffhanger, which is the the big game. Or something, and then uh, I, I didn't. I didn't really read the comic or the mangas, so um, I kind of went in blind. But I knew who the main character was. Yeah, and uh, yeah, man, I got choked up like throughout a lot of that movie, man, because um, the creator ended up directing this movie, which is super cool to have all that freedom, and he pulled it off, man. But I don't even like basketball, but. That was a goddamn good movie. Well, you better be careful. Brian might just get up and walk out if you say you don't want <laughs> basketball. Yeah. Dude, you live in like basketball country too. Kansas City, KU. Like Yeah, that's... man. Everyone rocks that uh KU gear everywhere. Garbage. Um, <laughs> KU's garbage. Let's come on, man. Hey. It seemed pretty cool people to me. <laughs> yeah, probably. It's okay. <laughs> you know, you're, you're wearing a Dodgers hat too, and I, you know, I won't hold it against you, so Oh, it's okay. It's all right. It's okay. I'm a Mariners fan, so my pain is just fresh every year when, mm-hmm. you know, the only team who hasn't won or made it or won a World Series and is the Seattle Mariners. So, it's mm-hmm. you know, my pain is just constant. Hey, my dad was a Southern California guy, so, El, you know, Dodgers forever, man. Like, come yeah. on. Yeah. You're just born in it, into it, man. It is, you're born into you it. Have a choice. Yeah, yeah. yeah. that's like, <laughs> so weird. That's like uh, 
my uh, <laughs> dad, I don't think I ever told you the story. So like, uh, <laughs> oh yeah, here we go. Max, Max was like, oh, because one of his one of the kids, uh, I co- so I coached youth baseball, uh, and oh. uh, there was a kid on our team who's Max's buddy who who is obsessed with the Dodgers and loves the Dodgers, and uh, so Max was like, oh yeah. I like the Dodgers. And I looked at him. I was like, no son of mine will be an LA sports fan. And like, he didn't know that I was joking. It got like really upset. Oh, man. <laughs> I was like, I'm kidding, man. I don't care. Like as long as it's so not what Lakers. I'm, what I'm hearing is I should send him a Mike Piazza Jersey for Christmas. You, you for him could, he school. won't know who that is, but you, you should. Doesn't matter. And it's just representing them. It's just yeah. representing. That's all I want. I will there say go, he, he had the opportunity to buy a Dodgers hat and he didn't. So get mm. that going for us. Wow. <laughs> it's cold outside, man. He doesn't want to be homeless. <laughs> <laughs> when is already here, bro? That's true. That's right. That's true. Watch, watch. He's going to start talking crap, uh, like around spring. Yeah. Oh, he will. He will yeah. for sure. He will for sure. Oh, that kid talks so he much talks, shit. He talks so much shit. Yeah. <laughs> Way more shit than a nine-year-old should be talking. Yeah. Like. <laughs> I don't know where he gets it from. Uh, oh, you know. yeah, yeah. Listen, uh, as long as he's not a Lakers fan, I, I told him he's not allowed to be a Lakers fan. And that's, that is final. Dodgers, I'm okay with. Lakers, wow. I'm not cool with. Bro, we, Dodgers is even cooler than the <laughs> Dodgers. <laughs> <laughs> My dad was a Lakers fan because he'd always be like, I, I don't care what everybody says about Mike. Magic's the best. Okay. Magic's the best. Blah, blah, blah. All the time, he'd always say that shit. And I'd always be like, yeah, but Bird, Bird's better. Bird's better. <laughs> All the time, he'd just get rage. Rage. <laughs> I love it. God. So uh, many good basketball content, too, because that uh, HBO show was really w- well as well was uh fantastic you know i haven't watched it and i've i've it's been on my list of things i want to watch for a long time i've heard it's really really good which Mind show a lakers fan it, it won't because because <laughs> yeah. i'm a i'm a portland trailblazers fan and i will never forget the 2000 western conference finals till the day i die uh <laughs> so i just i can't but hey i you know respect to the showtime era for sure for sure <laughs> okay I think it's time, Brian. Oh, you want? Okay. All right. It's time. What For what? God damn it. See, <laughs> Baltimore, he does this every fucking time. We have oh, Gus man. on, and we have this segment, and I go, it's time. And then he purposely goes, straight face, for everyone to hear, for what? <laughs> for what? <laughs> I don't know. You know what? Hit him with it. Hit him with it. All right. Hit so, me, man. Yeah, so this is the question, okay? And uh, it- No question. <clears throat> Somehow, well, not somehow, because I wanted it to. It's it's evolved from one question into two, and so the 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 first question is, wh- what is the more iconic TV theme song, and is it Magnum PI or the A Team? Magnum PI or the A Team? Yeah, yeah. I don't remember. There. Oh, I think I remember A Team. I I like Magnum PI more, but I remember I can hear the jingle in the A Team. Okay. Well, I think that settles it. Yeah. I think that settles Uh, it. I think A Team wins then. Yeah, it wins that that round. Yeah. 
It's more it's more memorable. Yeah. All right, the real question, Bry. The what? real question. <laughs> All right. So the real question is <clears throat> given the opportunity uh to do a, a comic series of any licensed property or character, like what's your dream project of that? And it can be doesn't have to be a comic book character. We're talking movie, TV, a book. Uh, I mean, we've had so many different interesting uh, uh, stuff on here that that's not just like I want to do a Batman story. Which, hey, Batman story would be awesome. But like, you know, it could be it could be really it could be anything. What would you do? Hmm. Free reign, free reign. Damn, dude. This this usually turns into one of the most interesting aspects mm-hmm. of Blue Tiger Revenge because mm-hmm. some of the answers are fascinating. Yep. What would I want it as like my magnum opus? Yeah. Not well, yeah, yeah, but uh, you know, it's a licensed character. Yeah. So, you know, or licensed property, but like which one would be like the one where you think you could do the most or you think you just could do the crazy shit with or just want to work on yeah i mean we've gotten some basic answers we've got people just be like batman ninja turtles but then like like mark russell right he was on here and he gave uh what was it was it superman superman space uh, age he gave us space the age. plot for issue one and then yeah you know, a couple of years later it was out on the shelves uh um, yeah we've like, had people say like the monsters or someone quantum leap uh yeah yeah God, there's so much stuff. You know what? If I ever get the chance, I don't know, man. I just, I think Scooby-Doo is really cool. Yeah. Uh, Oh, yeah. I think if I ever get a chance, maybe. We'll see. It just, it's so messy right now with, like, so many. It's just toxic right now. Mm -hmm. Scooby-Doo. Wait. What? Wait, Scooby Doo is toxic? Well, like, there's that show that came out on HBO that. Was, oh, the like, Ve- got negative. Uh, is that the Velma show? Yeah, the Velma. Show. Okay, okay. I never, I never saw it. Are people hating on it? Is it bad? Yeah, it, it was bad. I don't, you you got to watch it. Uh, I didn't really like it. Okay, uh, but I don't know. It was like making fun of a lot of the characters. I don't know. Uh, not. I didn't feel like they were doing it. The kid, ah, it's it's it was, it's messy is what I'm trying to say. Okay, okay. Gotcha. The fandom is up in arms, <laughs> but yeah, it's probably like you know what I could just you know make my own teens in a horror movie, you know, True. and do my own interpretation of that. You know, uh, sure. I think Zorro would be really sick. Uh, yeah. And then Sean Gordon Murphy has that Kickstarter. I was like, damn, damn, that looks really sweet. I backed it. Uh, I'll be honest. I'll be, I'll backed it. Like, I know, I know Sean Murphy is a polarizing figure. People either uh love him or they hate him in the industry. Uh, I met the man. I've spent time with him. He was uh wonderful to me when I was a student. Uh, Gave me more time than I needed. And I don't care what anybody says. His work is fucking phenomenal. The dude can tell a story. He's a beautiful draftsman. He mm-hmm. uses all old school tools. Yeah. Nibs, brush, toothy paper. Ah, oh, I mean, some of his inking techniques are just insane. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
yeah, so I backed the fuck out of that book. <laughs> <laughs> uh, who would you do? Me? Yeah. Ooh. See, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a prickly pear because my wife likes to say it just depends on what month of the year it is. I every month I pretty much have like a new thing that I'm into, mm-hmm. you know, and it just goes on repeat, right? So yeah. if you would have asked me, I don't know, maybe like six months ago, I would have been like. King Kong. I'm going to do a King Kong. He survived New York. 19, King, 1940s. See, King Kong 2. It's going to be insane. Bro, uh, anything you say that I remotely like, I'm going to say hell yeah. <laughs> I'm like, King Kong, yeah, hell yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> Godzilla, hell yeah. I would love to do Godzilla. or Power Now, when, when Mark or, Russell was on here, I was really into, I was revisiting at the time Space Ghost Coast to Coast. I was watching mm-hmm. the entire season, and I was in these eBay duels trying to get the old collection of, they did not the space ghost comic, but the space ghost coast to coast comic that was, there was like the first issue of it was exclusively just for the network. Mm -hmm. It wasn't even on newsstands. It was like in, uh, it was like, if you worked at like cartoon network, they just had it there for you to get like at like a after party or Christmas party. So I've been trying to get my hands on that sucker for like years. But anyways, I, I did a soft pitch to Mark Russell, so to speak, like for fun on the podcast of like space ghost, coast to coast and it's space ghost. And he's like, I want to come back. Like, this is bullshit. He wants his comeback. Yeah. (laughs) Like I'm the man, like, and like, you know, and the whole thing would be like, he could see like Zorak Brack, Moltar uh-huh. just killing it on social media. Like you could just Brack, he's an idiot, but he's just like mil- you know, he's just like millions and millions of followers on YouTube. Zorak would probably be doing some bullshit with like the Paul brothers, who the fuck knows, right? <laughs> Moltar, they probably have his ass working for like Joe Rogan or some guy like that. <laughs> you know, he'd be he'd be the new Jamie or whatever it is. Yeah, yeah. And then you'd have Space Ghost being like, I invented this shit. I invented the whole podcast before the podcast existed. God damn it. And yeah, that was like my whole thing. I think that would be really fun. I don't know. I don't have the sophistication to write it, um, Uh but I would love to do a a space ghost coast to coast like comedy. And he's just like old. And it's like him trying to like a redemption story where he's like Uh out of shape you can work yes. that kind of stuff in there. Ah, oh, you know, maybe he's like dealing with his own demons because he's so he's just you know. I just think that would be cool. Um, a lot of good content too, man. That that sounds badass, dude. You could do a lot of cool social commentary. Yeah. And then there's another one that I don't think we've talked about on the podcast. Have we, Bry? Which one? My Captain America story. Oh, uh, I, talk- I don't think you've talked. To- I don't. Th- you might want to tell him. Tell? Uh, you might want I'm going to tell him. I'll okay. tell you. Okay. So you okay. might want to tell him off air. So listen, you know, like. Well, we won't go into all of it. Oh, okay. So my favorite, hands down favorite character from Marvel is Cap Wolf. But not oh. the new, not the Cap Wolf they're doing right now, but the one from like 1992 where, I mean, it's. Here's a pun. It dog it's dog shit, but it's a great concept. <laughs> so, <laughs> Go on. Yeah. And uh so my whole thing would be like it's cap on some you do this mini series, right? All black and white, all ink wash and and gouache. Uh-huh. Just let me go crazy. 
and it's Cap on some type of mission to, I don't know, we could just throw it at some Antarctic base, but he shows he's up. and he, he's, he's hunting. He, he's, yeah. he's hunting. He's sniffing uh-huh. things out. Uh-huh. And then he gets it, basically he gets there and he has to go against all these super soldiers like uh, Lady Deathstrike and um, Sabretooth and the Red Skull, all these like characters, right? And you can you come up with some type of motivation like Omega Red because they're all from like they're all components of that super soldier mm-hmm. uh, like s- experiment. And he's supposed to be the basis, like he's the very first one of all that, right? Like before Wolverine, before all of them, before Omega Red. And uh, so my whole concept is like he has to get in this like super fight with them and he's losing. And as a, like kind of a last resort, essentially, is he has the serum and he fucking like shoots that shit up. And then it basically just turns into a horror story of these super soldiers trying to survive as Steve Howland Commando Rogers is just ripping through Omega Red and ripping through Sabretooth, <sighs> just out anima out animaling all the animals of the super soldier Uh universe. I just think it'd be fun. I want to do it as a Halloween special. I want it to be like 45 pages, all black and white Marvel. Give me a call. Let's make this happen. It'll be insane. Then you got, and then, then they can make a a black and white. uh, What was it? MCU special. Oh, our fig even better. Give me the figures. That would be sweet. Yeah. Dude. uh, I want to do a black and white Batman. There you uh, go. Yeah. Yeah. Black and white. I mean, they're actually doing black and white. Like, isn't that that's like a series, right? Batman. I don't know black if they're still doing Batman black and white, but they were for a while. Mm-hmm. I, it's I, like it seems like it's on and off. Yeah. Uh I try not to like bother my editors too much, but I was like, if you uh have any room for pitches, man, I'm gonna, you know, maybe I can do a Batman black and white. I'm always trying to see. If yeah. there's an open for but, sure. Are you do you, yeah. do you uh yeah, let me ask you that. Okay, you work with editors. How often uh-huh. do you uh pester them about things you want to do? Or do you play it cool? Because I feel like uh-huh. there's some guys that are just like, This is what I want to do, give it to me. And then there's other guys that just kind of wait. Or and by guys I mean guys and gals, just wait yeah. to see what they get offered. I uh I like to talk to them uh and see if like try to get the ball rolling but uh yeah they've been pretty they've been giving me like cool projects and then once i do one it's like one for them proving that i can do it can i talk to you about something else yeah and uh see if that works out uh so i've been trying to get some stuff made uh but i got some really cool shit lined up for next year so DC shit. Uh, I got two <laughs> cool things lining up for next year. Awesome, that's uh, great, man! Congratulations. Thank you, man. Thank you. Uh, so yeah, it's two different companies, but once DC. So uh, yeah, man, I'm gonna get started on it pretty soon. That's awesome. Uh, yeah, I'll, I'll tell you later. <laughs> okay. 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 Yeah. 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 All right. No problem. No, nope. we won't. We won't press any. We don't want to yeah, yeah. reveal any secrets. That's right. Industry secrets. Um. All right. Well, we're starting to wind down. Yeah. Been uh, at this for a bit, and there's a fun game we like to play before we conclude every episode, and that's where we like to just find out what everybody's reading. Uh, so, Baldemar, you are you're a guest, man. 
what do you what comics are you reading right now what uh what's stoking the flames of creation dude that uh i've been checking out uh i read the transformers danny warren johnson one today oh he's the best right like so good man (laughs) yep Uh, i haven't read issue two yet but i've read issue one and i liked it a lot yeah issue two is cool too man uh God, it's so good. I've that dude can draw, man. It's always it, impressive. It's the it's his energy that does it for me. Mm-hmm. It's like I I know he's a big like student of manga. Like uh-huh. I know he loves like all the Masamoon type work and Akira and all that kind of stuff. And I feel like uh-huh. he's one of the few guys that's translated the the I guess you, the dynamics of motion into uh-huh. American comics. Like American comics tend to be a little bit stiffer. I feel like than yeah. Japanese. And I feel like he's the one guy that's really like, you see, you know, like back in the, was it back in the early two thousands, you saw everybody was mimicking Adam Hughes. Like mm-hmm. he's the guy you look at how to draw girls. Daniel Warren Johnson's the guy you look at to how to draw action. He's become that guy where everybody's mm-hmm. doing the, like starting to do the like motion lines and stuff. And I'm here for it. I'm one of them. Yeah. Like it's, yeah, yeah. It's it's great. It's just it's so nice to see. It's so nice yeah. to see. I, I think there's like a trifecta of really good action of like American comics that's out is like Ultra Mega with uh James Heron. Yes. Yeah. Oh so good. So good. Uh and uh my top of the top would be Trad Moore, man. Oh yeah, yeah. I read his uh was it Black Silver Surfer or Silver, Silver Surfer, Surfer Black? Black? Yeah. Yeah. That was the first thing I'd ever read of his. I'd only seen his name, and I'd be like, Trad. Hey, all right. Yeah. Don't. You're just stepping on my turf, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my room for one of us. Don't be adding, adding letters in there. Come on now. <laughs> uh, he has a book called uh, Luther Strode. Have it. Uh, oh, Love yeah. it. Love it. I got the full he collection. Is- <laughs> Dude, yeah, his... his uh, his choreographed fights are fantastic. Yes. And just blends it really well with the panels as well. Just that's art, man. That's beautiful yeah. art. Mm-hmm. Like, holy moly, man. Mm-hmm. But, you know, you got to be inspired and, and motivated and just keep, you know, cranking out work, trying yeah, to be definitely. at least somewhat good like them. <laughs> I like it. Mm-hmm. That's all we can do. We're just trying to be somewhat good, like these <laughs> <Yeah>. guys. <laughs> Bry, what are you reading? What's the big man reading? The big man uh, between our last episode and this episode has not read a fucking thing. What a piece of shit. Yeah, I know. What a piece yeah. of shit. Hey, hey, wow. listen. Eight feet tall of shit. Listen, <laughs> you know what I did this weekend, okay? No, I know. Cut me I some know. slack. <laughs> Big Bri had a real rough, real rough week. We gotta, uh, we gotta cut him some slack. No, yeah. no. Why don't you tell but us? Still, listen, listen. Like, instead of talking about how I'm an eight eight foot piece of shit, really, eight foot two. First of all, uh, second two. of all, what what have you been reading? I'm reading, um, and I kept seeing this dude pop up on my like social media feed. I didn't really know him, but like mm-hmm. he was doing all these interviews. A guy named uh, Rodney Barnes. He's a writer. Okay, and uh, just the stuff he was like, the stuff he was talking about was just great. 
just like he had great advice and and he's written a bunch of stuff for like tv and film and he'd written a bunch of comics and uh so i was like oh shit okay if you got a certain comics and he's still writing books let's see what he's got like there's got to be and he kept uh i kept seeing um i like jason sean alexander's work yeah and so i kept seeing stuff that they did with like vampires and everything and uh you know you know like during the winter season i'm always in a big monster mood i love all the like universal classics it's like halloween doesn't stop uh, in october for me it keeps going till about february and um same. i'm in the same boat dude i yeah i don't know i think it's because like my dad would get so fired up with the movie mm-hmm. mo- the, the universal monsters when i was a kid uh-huh. that like for christmas i would always get like you know a vhs of like king kong versus godzilla or something like that and so it just it would just turn into monster vision uh you know every friday night and until you know summer would hit and um so anyways i saw that he did uh rodney barnes and jason alexander did uh like a new volume uh, a new iteration of blackula you know like the the 70s uh classic vampire movie and so i, I started reading some bits about it and they're like oh no it's just like Basically, if Blackula the movie happened, and this would be like a sequel, but set now. And I just started reading it a couple days ago, and I, I'm not a huge vampire guy. Like vampires are probably at the bottom of my list in terms mm-hmm. of monsters. Holy fuck, this needs to get made into a movie. It's so good. Yeah, like right before we jumped in here uh, into the Tiger Den and started recording, I was actually drafting an email to Mister Barnes because I was like, I was just gonna tell him like this fucking book's awesome man like that and i'll be like you got to come on the podcast like i want to hear about like yeah like is this getting made to a movie or something and it's interesting it's uh the publisher of it is uh zombie love studios which i think is his own studio but then it's uh when you look in the credits it's like orion films uh or orion pictures uh are the ones that are like listed as the the publishers of the book um, so I'm sitting there kind of going like, oh, maybe this is in production somewhere. And then MGM's got their logo all over it. So I don't know, like Blackula was never like one of my favorite monsters. It was one of my dad's. Yeah. Uh, so I, I, it was kind of fun. It's like, it's a really fun read. It's really good. Really good. It's kind of set up as like, uh, you got like the, the podcaster college, uh, literary student who want, who's like researching the event, the 1970s events of like this vampire in South LA. And, uh, you know, so she's looking into it and then she finds this like whole, this is whole thing going on. And then it turns out like Blackula, you know, he fucking actually hates Dracula because he exists because of Dracula and Dracula is like out in the Midwest, like just living as like this, like kind of like redneck piece of shit. He's like, he like, (laughs) yeah, it's one of those where like, he hates the fact that he's been reduced to this, you know? Yeah. And like, he's got like his, like, you know, he's always got his like, um, concubines. no, he doesn't even have concubines. That's the sad part. Ugh. He's like living in like he's got like a trailer, Ugh. and then he's got like a couple of like like real redneck like Confederate flag wearing like <laughs> dirt bags as are that are his um oh who's his who's who's Dracula's minion that does his work for him oh yeah I can't remember Renfield. his name Renfield they're like his Renfields or something like that and so like they send them he sends them to you know on this like mission to la to find out if blackula has uh 
is really back and risen and um well i don't want to spoil it but it's like building towards a we, we're gonna get a face off a throw down uh, of, there's a yeah there's some th- there's a throwdown blackula versus dracula nice. who will win battle of the vampire giants nice um but it, it's just a really good story from not only the perspective of the monsters and giving them some depth and heart, but also uh, like from this group of kids who have been affected by the fallout of these like vampires operating for the last 50 years in L.A. So you've got like these whole community of kids who are now like basically almost adults who have all like, yeah, they lost their mom or their grandma or or granddad or somebody to you know these vampire actions mm-hmm. and so they're like investigating trying to figure out what's going on and like they want to you know take them anyways it's great it's one of those where i'm reading it going like shit i hope this gets made into a movie because i would love to see a like a new continuation of blackula uh it just it would be cool it'd be really cool and he fucks up some cops which is the way it's written is pretty awesome <laughs> it's very, yeah 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 I don't know. It's good. It's a, uh, it's a, it's a really, yeah, it's called Blackula Return of the King. It, uh, it's really good. I, I'd say if anyone's into vampires or into um, like the universal monster movies, it's definitely worth checking out. Um, it's just, it's a good story. It's a really mm-hmm. good story, but Sweet. yeah, that's what I read this week. So nothing too crazy, but you know, I got, I got a graphic novel under my belt. Okay. Good for you. Hey, Tad, I'm proud of you. Thanks. Sorry, I was like, sorry that the dog was goosing me here. I was like, what the hell is it's bumping me? Was- That's all right. That's all right. Well, what do you say I uh, I take us home and, and we uh, we get out of here? Let's do it. All right. Well, uh, Tiger Cubs, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Blue Tiger Revenge Podcast. Uh, if you want more of what we do all you got to do is go to our website bluetigerrevenge.substack.com hit that subscribe button and every episode every time we post a new episode every time we post a new page of our web comic uh it goes directly to your inbox it's free we do all the work for you so you don't have to you can just show up click yes in your email and you get this delicious fresh hot frothy silky smooth tiger milk delivered straight to your ear holes um oh. <laughs> finally uh want to thank baldemar for coming on the show um hey where where can folks find you if they uh do you have social media where folks can can follow your work uh yeah you just type in my name on like twitter uh instagram is like mars is an artist all one word mm-hmm. uh yeah that's where i mostly just post but I definitely just try to do my sketchbook pages. Uh, I got to be better about posting um, comic work more. Uh, do you have any? Do you have any books that are coming out slated for release? I can't. I, I'm, I'm working on these projects. I can't talk about. But okay. uh, yeah, it's like that quiet moment of uh, gotcha where you can't talk about nothing. Dude, it's the it's, a, it's the worst, right? It's the worst because yeah. you're like, yeah, I've been working on this thing for six months. I can't say anything. Yeah, and then it's like yeah. three months later. I'm like, man, that's my old work, dude. I don't like <laughs> my old work. Uh, but that's so. That's so stay tuned. You got some stuff coming in the, down the pipeline. Uh, excellent. 
Well, yeah, man. Thanks for thanks for coming on the show and 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 joining us today. We really appreciated it. Thanks for having me, man. Absolutely. Yeah, it was, it was good to finally put a, a voice and a face with the name. Yeah, sorry to disappoint. <laughs> you're, you're fine, man. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah. This is great. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's always good hanging out with other creatives and just hearing about like what makes them tick and mm-hmm. you know the things that uh, you know keep us all like doing this, like yep. making stuff. You know, because it's it's a weird industry. It's such a weird yep. industry, and sometimes I think we like can get lost in the the, the hustle of it all. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, and there's there's a lot of good people around too that you can talk to and it's it's more than ever, you know, just a you can reach out and just email people so easily and just you know find the people in the same field and just, you know, yeah, just talk to them. Yeah. So that is awesome. And uh yeah, man, thanks for having me, dudes. Absolutely. 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 And uh Tad, that is all I have. Do you have anything else? You know what? I actually do. Believe it or not. That's right. That's right, everybody. Tiger Cubs, hold on to your tails. Strap down them stripes because I just launched the Patreon. Yeah, yeah, that's right. A Patreon amongst amongst all the other crazy crap that we're up to these days. But I'm uh, on that Patreon. I'm uh, doing two posts a week. One post is uh, the new page. Uh, of my new graphic novel that's only being released exclusively through uh, Patreon called Taiga. Check it out. Five bucks. A cup of a... It, it costs you a cup of, of fancy coffee. Pumpkin mm-hmm. spice latte bullshit. And it's yours. Taiga. All in your face. It's weird. Sci-fi. Environmental. Eco. Storytelling type stuff. Just fucking check it out. Uh, and then, um, yeah, that's pretty much it. That's pretty much it. Uh, Bry, get me out of here. I'm all out of milk. I, I'm, I'm, I'm floundering. All right. Well, if, <laughs> all right. Well, what time is it then? Yeah, the music.